Good morning, everyone, on this overcast, drab, gray day. Let's bring the Spirit of God into our hearts. Please turn to number 16, and we'll begin our worship with How Great Thou Art. Great. 
greatness no one can fathom. We will now have our call to worship. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Call to worship this morning is Psalm 71, verses 17 through 21. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, Forsake me not, until I have shown thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things? O God, who is like unto thee? Thou, which has shown me great and sore troubles, shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Amen. Amen. So that is indeed a a psalm of resurrection. And don't let anybody tell you the Jews didn't believe in resurrection of those who know God of everybody, actually. That's in Daniel. Well, let's continue our worship singing 281, Thine is the Glory, Risen, Conquering Son. 281. Oh, yeah. 
pray. Lord God, we have gathered here together this morning to be in your presence. And it is with the knowledge of what happened when you sent Jesus to earth, what his mission was, how he died for our sins and rose to give us new life, new life that's abundant and meaningful in you. So help us now by your spirit to just blot out all distractions Focus ourselves fully on you through your word and in the spirit to give you the worship and give you the glory which you deserve. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now, if you would uh, take your bulletin inserts, we will pray, pray this short prayer of confession on this first Sunday of Lent, and then we'll take a moment for silent confession, reflection, and confession. Almighty God, in raising Jesus from the grave, you shattered the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. Lord, bring new life where we are worn and tired, new love where we have turned hard-hearted, forgiveness where we feel hurt and where we have wounded, and the joy and freedom of your Holy Spirit where we are prisoners of ourselves. In your holy name we pray, (laughs) amen. And now let's just take a moment of silence. In Jesus' name, amen. And never forget what John wrote. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And now let's continue worship with two songs of faith. Number 479, God leads us along. And number 317, love lifted me. In shady green pastures so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the water's cool obeys the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. season and all the day long. Sometimes on the mount where the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along. 
Sometimes in the valley in darkness of night, God leads the dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Though sorrows befall us and Satan oppose, God leads dear children along. Through grace we can conquer, defeat all our foes, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Away from the mire and away children along away up in glory eternity's day God leads dear children along some through the water some through the flood some through the fire but all through the blood some through great sorrow but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. I was sinking deep in sin. Faithful 
the reading of God's word for this morning. Scripture this morning is from John 11, various numerous verses. So I'm reading from a paper instead of the Bible. And then we have Psalm 104. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary, which anointed the Lord with ointment, had wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, 
Could not this man, which opened the eyes of a blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. And this is Psalm 104, verses 27 through 30. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them they gather. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die and return to the dust. Thus sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, if you will all turn in your songbooks to the back, number uh, 626, and we will recite together the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. 
We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. And now let us pray. Lord God, we praise you as the one who is creator of everything, including us. And we thank you for the redemption that is in your Son, the Savior, through your Holy Spirit. We are grateful for all who are always hearing of the Son you sent and always believing in him in every circumstance, especially when we do not understand and we do not feel as if everything, and we do feel, we feel like everything is against us. We still have life in him. And we ask you to help us to experience the Savior you sent as the resurrection and the life. Experience him in our hearts always to give us hope and empower us to stay in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ so his faithfulness truly becomes our faithfulness. Let it be. Please, help us to always be humble, even when we feel denial and delay of good things. And also, may we accept graciously any situation where we are rejected because we are like our Lord and Savior. And we pray for people around the world, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. There are many places of extreme oppression, namely some of them, China, North Korea, Russia, Iraq, Nigeria, just to name a few. In places where there's extreme violence right now, Haiti, Ukraine, Middle Africa, Mexico, etc., In fact, all nations and cultures are a mixture of evil and good. Please revive your church and bring about an awakening within the majority of people who do not yet know the Savior. We pray for political leaders of the nations. Um, Right now, I can only think of President Putin, Biden, and Zelensky. Uh, There are many, many more, but we here in America just don't really pay attention to the names and the people who are all around the world and seem to change frequently. We also pray for business leaders. Uh, Again, mostly we just know the Americans. Uh, Bill Gates, uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, Zuckerberg, Buffett, Musk. And there are just so many more. And we pray for lawyers and judges, legislatures, teachers, small business owners, etc. God, we know that you are sovereign over everything. Help us to remember that. And we know that even though not many who are wealthy are saved, Some are, as Paul declared to the um, Corinthians. We also very much pray for the poor, the needy, the marginalized, 
In short, we are praying that all people may come to know the resurrection life of Jesus and to believe in his name. And we pray for our local cell in his body. We pray for Doris, Elan, Cindy, and other shot-ins. We pray for Sally and Jimmy, Peter, Linda, Billy, Norgi, their mother. We pray for Ken. We pray for Christine. We pray for Allie and her family. Father, we want to lift up in a special way Kurt this morning, who has not been well since midweek. We pray that you would strengthen him and enable him to serve you in the workplace starting tomorrow. We pray for John and Pat and their family. We pray for Ray and his brother Everett and all of their siblings and relatives. We pray for Rob. We pray for Mary. Father, we pray for Al and Carol, their daughter and granddaughter, Noel and Darren and their extended family and friends. And Father, I ask you very much that you would please guide me as I explain, interpret, and apply this awesome truth from your word this morning. And, and please also bless our fellowship after the benediction. And now we just thank you that when words, our own words begin to fail us, Jesus gave his followers a perfect model prayer, which we now pray together with one heart and voice. Praying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now uh, let us turn and sing one more song before we go into God's word. It's all about Jesus' love, love divine, all loves excelling. Number 71. Let's sing number 71.
Amen. Amen. Well, as I said earlier, this is the first Sunday of Lent this year. Lent is the time when Christ's church seeks to become more like him through contemplation, confession, and self-examination, soul-searching. This year... Lent spans three months. It's beginning this Sunday, the last Sunday of February. It concludes on Palm Sunday, which this year is the first Sunday of April. And it has four Sundays in March. In fact, those four Sundays, we will get at the essence of Lent. First, next week, we will see the humility of Jesus. And then we'll see how one of his closest apostles denied him. Thirdly, we will hear him declare the delay of his glorious kingdom. And finally, we will hear how all of his people, all of the nation of Israel and the Roman people and every person on earth gathered together to reject him. Now, as we consider these truths, and this is where we get at the heart of the matter, we must remember what Jesus said about students becoming like their teacher and servants becoming like their master. That's in Matthew 10. So starting next week, we will be exhorted to seek God in order to first humble ourselves Second, accept being denied that which we are desiring. And then third, also to accept the delay of the realization of our dreams. And then last and most importantly, that we will even be prepared for a time when many, if not most people will reject us because we belong to Jesus. But today, before we get to the hard teaching about sharing in the sufferings and the death of Jesus Christ, we begin by considering the power of Jesus that he demonstrated that he is the 
conqueror of death. And all who are living by the faith of him will live even though they die. And by his spirit, the covenant Trinity God renews the life of all his creatures who have expired or died. This is our incentive. We're starting with our incentive to accept the self-denial that Jesus requires of us. Whoever will follow him, he says, die to yourself, take up your cross, and be following him. So, now, let us examine this life that Jesus says he is. I am the resurrection and the life. So, again, chapter 11 is a long chapter. I had excerpts read but we will consider those excerpts in context right now. The first half, what sets everything up is we hear that Lazarus dies before Jesus reaches him and that Jesus says Lazarus will rise. Why? In Jesus' own words, I am the resurrection and the life. So this first half begins with this introduction to Mary and Martha sending word to Jesus that their brother whom he loves, Lazarus, is sick. And Jesus says, death will not have the last word, even though we find that Lazarus died. So let's now go through it um, verse by verse of what we heard with some gaps filled in. So first... Lazarus from Bethany, the town of Mary and Martha, her sister, was being sick. This was an ongoing illness. Now, let me explain the names because they're very, very important. Lazarus, and I didn't know that until this week, it's a shortening of his full Hebrew name, Eleazar. Now, we saw some kings in Chronicles with that name. El or El means God. Azer means helper. His name means God is my helper. What a name of faith and what a way to live. Now, Bethany, you may not know this because so many churches are named Bethany. It means house of affliction. Now, Mary and Martha have very similar names. Mary or Miriam means their rebellion, the rebellion of the people. And Martha means her rebellion. And it was very common in the ancient world among Jews and others to have siblings have names with the same root. Here the root is Mar, one Mar of all the people, and the other Mar of an individual. All right, with that background, we're told Mary, John writes, was being the one who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, of whose brother Lazarus was being sick. Now again, John wrote this gospel years after the events. So to him, everything was past tense. And he said she had done that. But if we go into chapter 12, we'll see it's in the very next chapter where Mary anointed Jesus before he was crucified. 
Therefore, the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, behold, he whom thou art loving is being sick. So let's not lose sight of this. We're told that Jesus loved Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. Well, when having heard, Jesus said, this sickness is not being unto death, but on behalf of the glory of God, that he may be glorified, the son of God through this sickness. So now we're talking about how sickness represents glory for the whole person of God. Even though Lazarus would die before Jesus arrived in Bethany, God and Jesus himself would be glorified when Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. And now skipping some stuff and pulling in what we heard, we're told, and this is important, Jesus loved all three siblings, but he held his ground for two full days. Then he exhorts the disciples, let's go to Judea again. And they're saying to him, Rabbi, my great one, now the Jews have been seeking to stone thee, and you're saying you're going to go there again? And Jesus replied, not indeed. Are there 12 hours in the day? And if anyone may be walking by the light, he's not stumbling because the light of the world, he's being in it. But a man may be walking in the night and he will stumble. So Jesus is exhorting them. He's saying, let us go to Judea together. And the disciples are questioning, Jesus, will you be safe there? And he's saying, as long as they're in the light of day, they won't stumble. Now, remember, we saw when Jesus was engaging Nicodemus in a conversation, he said that evil men prefer darkness. And I read something in my morning devotional reading on Friday. And what is Jesus affirming here? It's straight out of Job. I was so impressed with this wisdom from the mouth of Job, I put it on the back of our bulletins this morning. And then Jesus informs them, Lazarus has died. But he uses a metaphor saying sleep. And then he concludes, I'm glad for your sakes so that you all may believe because I was not being there. But let us be going to him. So Jesus delayed his revival, arrival into Bethany until he knew, he knew with certainty as the son of God, Lazarus was already dead. Why? His intention was that many would believe when he did this miracle to the glory of God. And now the second part of this beginning half Jesus discovers that Lazarus had been four days in the grave. And Martha meets Jesus saying he could have cured her brother. And then he asks her if she believes this strong statement, I am 
the resurrection and the life. So the setting that we skipped over is Thomas, whose name means twin. And as we know, many times when twins are in the womb, one is born dead, stillborn, and the other alive. That's probably what happened with him. He says, let's also go that we may die with him. Don't you love his optimism, huh? that we may die with him. And when Jesus came, he found Lazarus in the grave four days. Then parenthetically, Bethany was just two miles from Jerusalem. So many of the Jews from Jerusalem had come and they were comforting Mary and Martha concerning their brother. Now let's go to what we heard. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus is coming, met him. But Mary was in the house sitting. Seems she liked to sit a lot. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if thou were being here, not may have died my brother, but also now I have known whatsoever you may ask of God, he will give it to thee, God. Don't miss Martha's twofold faith here. She's absolutely certain that if Jesus has come when her brother was sick, he would have healed her. Moreover, even now, she fully knows whatever he may ask of God, God will give it to him. Let me point out to you here that in October of 2021, Christianity Today had a cover story about Martha. We have given her a bad rap in the last few centuries in contrast to Mary. Yes, they were two different people, but Martha had amazing great faith. So much so that the medieval church, the middle Age church, exalted Mary because of her faith, so much so that she was known as Mary the Dragon Slayer. In fact, church history, and some of this may be myth, said she ended up in Spain in her 30s and actually killed a dragon. There is much good to say about Martha and her being willing to go to Jesus and confess this, Let's not overlook it. And so he's saying to her, Jesus, he will rise again, the brother of thee. And she's saying to him, Martha, oh, I've known he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Now, again, this was a common belief among all the devout Jews who knew scripture and had more understanding than the average Jew who was more secular. But her faith and her hope was more in the future, in the eschaton, in the last day of judgment, not so much for today. So he said to her, Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. He believing in me, anyone who's believing in me, though that one may be dead, that one will live. And this is also important. Each one who is living and believing in me may in no way ever in any way die even to all eternity. So with this, Jesus is saying two things. I am making himself equal to God. This is the fifth 
of his seven I am statements. And what's he saying? First, I'm God. And second, anyone who is living and believing in me, ask their way of life, how they're existing, how they are living, will not experience death, separation from God forever. People, this is for us this morning. Let us, may we, praise God for Jesus because he is eternally the resurrection and the life. This is the whole point of today's worship. Jesus declaring he is resurrection and life. And then he continues, are thou, meaning Martha, believing this, and she's saying to him, I even, I have fully believed that thou art being the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God who's coming to earth. She confesses him. She confesses him as God's anointed. That word anointed is Mashiach in Hebrew and Christos in Greek. Now the second half, the climax. Jesus comes to the grave. He weeps. He reminds Martha she will see God's glory and calls Lazarus to life. And I realized while thinking on our scriptures this morning that what he's saying is he's fulfilling the words of the excerpt from the creation psalm we heard. If there's any psalm that glorifies God as creator, it's 104. So let's continue. Jesus comes to the grave and weeps. Detractors question him. And then he orders the stone to be removed. Martha says he stinks by now. And Jesus says she will see God's glory. That's the highlight, so let's look at it in detail. First, we had a gap in what we heard. But it's important because Martha told Mary the master's calling her and hearing. She rose up quickly, coming to him. But Jesus was still where Martha had met him. Now the Jews being with Mary, comforting her, having seen Mary rise quickly and go away, they followed her. But they were thinking she was just going to the grave to weep. She didn't know she was going to her master. Then Mary falls at Jesus' feet, saying word for word what Martha said. She also had faith. And then Jesus groaned in the spirit, troubled. Okay. Then we are told he wept Jesus. Jesus shows great compassion for Mary and Martha in sadness over Lazarus. And then here come some of the Jews again. They were saying, behold, how he was loving him. Well, that's good. They're saying that. They're acknowledging his love. But a few of them, some of them were saying, not Was he being able, the one who opened the eyes of the blind? And we heard about that last week. He was born blind, not because of sin, but for God's glory. But maybe they missed that part of it. That to have done even this one Jesus, that that he, Lazarus, may not have died. So these detractors are questioning what they are perceiving and seeing as inconsistencies in Jesus. Why would he heal a blind stranger and allow a well-loved friend to die? 
And then don't miss this. Therefore, Jesus again is groaning in himself and coming to the grave. Now, in Greek, the word for grave actually means a memorial. So they were memorializing Lazarus and all those who had died in faith. But we're told it was being a cave and a stone was lying on it. And Jesus is saying, y'all must take away the stone. Now, this groaning, and it's a repetition of what we heard and what we skipped over. So it's the second time. He's groaning with grief over these detractors' unbelief. Their unbelief. Now, we must know, people, this wasn't just Jesus groaning at unbelief 2,000 years ago. Unbelief grieves Jesus as much as death. First he wept because his friend was in a grave, but now he's grieving because of their unbelief. Why? Because these are two sides of the same coin. Unbelief leaves people dead. Jesus says, when the dead hear my voice and believe, they cross over to life. But those who don't believe, don't hear his voice, they are still stuck in death. Only faith brings us from death to life. That was grieving him. Now, as a first step in bringing Lazarus back to physical life, he asked the stone of the grave be removed. And then Martha, the sister of he who died, says, Lord, now he is stinking because the fourth day he is being dead. And Jesus says, said I not, if thou have believed, if you continue to believe, thou will see the glory of God. Well, Martha gave Jesus a reality check. Okay. Yes. She has great faith, but even a Jew with faith knows the very fact that by the fourth day, a body begins to decompose, and she's just reminding Jesus of this and exclaiming it. But Jesus, always in control, asked Martha to just keep believing. He reminds her, and he promises her that she will see God's glory in him, the one who is the resurrection and the life. Okay? Now, again, this isn't just for 2,000 years ago in Lazarus and the sisters. Let us all be motivated because Jesus has conquered death. And then we will be able to persist in trials. Okay? with joy that comes from our hope in him, he who declared himself saying, I am the resurrection and the life. So we now find out in John's gospel, after the stones removed, Jesus prays and calls Lazarus out of the grave. He comes out bound and Jesus commands that he be loosed in order to go his way. And I added this on Friday, many, many Jews believed in Jesus. 
So we skipped over the prayer, but now I realize and wish we hadn't because I've given you at least three references. Jesus was always praying, pulling all-nighters, praying in every circumstance. And when they took away the stone, Jesus lifted his eyes to his father and said, Father, I thank thee that thou heard me. I say this for the people that they may believe thou hast sent me. And then having spoken this, in a voice that is great, he calls out, Lazarus, come out. After praying, he emphatically calls Lazarus out of that memorial grave. And we're told he came out. The one who had been dead had been bound feet and hands, and his face, a face cloth, had been wrapped. And he is saying to them, Jesus, the bystanders, the ones who came along with Mary and Martha, you all must loose him and you all must let him go his way. So Lazarus comes out of the grave under his own power, if awkwardly, because of all the grave clothes that were still wrapped around him. But Jesus looses him to go. Jesus sets Lazarus. And remember, his name means whom God has helped. Well, now God has helped him big time. He sets him free. The one he had miraculously risen from the dead to live a new life a new life of service for him because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, so much so that he raised Lazarus here. He's the resurrection and the life. And then it's the very following verse. This is so important. John was inspired to write that many Jews, even some of the detractors, having seen what Jesus did, believed on him. Now, if you get to the end of the gospel before the one chapter appendix, the end of chapter 20, John said, I have written this gospel for this purpose, that you may believe in him and have life in his name, life in Jesus Christ. And now let's look at this psalm because I believe Jesus fulfilled this paragraph of the psalm. Um, We're told God, the Trinity God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit feeds his creation until he takes away their breath. But when he sends his spirit, they are renewed, revived, and have life again. This is how God has created things. Let me go through it literally. These all to thee wait to give them food in its time. Thou will give to them, they will gather. Thou will open thy hand, and they will be satisfied with good. This is awesome. All creatures, beasts and humans, who wait for the covenant God, he will provide for them, even sometimes if they're not waiting. But specifically, we're told, every creature gets the food it needs when it needs that food. And when Yahweh, the creator covenant God, opens his hand to them, 
They are all satisfied with what is good for them. But ever since Adam and Eve rebelled, and the psalmist continues saying, Thou will hide thy face, they will be dismayed. Thou will take away their breath, they will die. And to their dust, they will return. All creatures, ever since the rebellion in the garden, die into dust. In fact, the covenant God had told Adam, he would return to the dust from which he is made. And don't forget what's in Psalm 90. Moses said in his prayer, God had turned the men back to dust. Remember, they had refused to believe God's word. God said, cross the Jordan. I will be with you. I will conquer the people of this land. I don't care how big they are. And they said, we're just going to die. And they turned tail and refused to go in. And because of their unbelief, as we had seen earlier with Jesus, because of their unbelief, God destined them to die wandering in the wilderness. But don't forget the last verse. Thou will send forth thy spirit. They will be created and thou will renew the face of the ground. What's he saying here? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who draws people to Jesus. God gives his spirit to his creation so that all of it may be renewed. Look up that passage in Romans in context. You see the spirit of Yahweh who we talked about in the creed, renews all of his creation. There's more that could be said, but that's more than enough. Let's wrap it up. Through Lazarus, the Jesus-loved brother of Mary and Martha, Jesus demonstrates that he is the resurrection and the life. By raising Lazarus from the dead and then setting him free, to go his way, to go his way in God's will. And the result was many believed in Jesus, who is God, who renews life, even when we are dead in our sins. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And let us sing this great modern hymn all about Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ. The words are on your bulletin insert, in Christ alone. Yeah.
Thank God for uh, Keith Getty and Stuart Townen, two uh, people who can write beautiful words for music for us to sing, words of truth. Let me close with what, John, uh, what Jesus has said earlier in the Gospel of John. He said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who is hearing my word and believing him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those who are hearing shall live For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Those who did good, to a resurrection of life and those who committed evil 
to the resurrection of judgment. It is by his grace, through his faithfulness, which he gives to us that we may do good for him, just as what Lazarus was resurrected to do. We were given new life to do that by the only one who is worthy. So let us have for our final song, singing that chorus, number 11, thou are worthy, O Lord. <laughs>